Come listen to Dice for Roll, the gayest Pathfinder podcast on the planet. We ask the hard questions like, is it morally acceptable to kiss a goblin? Is it cool to use spell slots to warm up leftovers? Would the gods be mad if I wrote slash fic about them? We're a group of four friends who play Pathfinder 2nd Edition every week and go on adventures like none other. We've just launched our brand new season, Extinction Curse, which follows the adventures of the Circus of Wayward Wonders, as they put on the greatest show in all of Galarian and uncover ancient secrets and long-forgotten foes from a bygone era. If you like circuses, clowns, and a little bit of magic, come check us out, and make sure that no matter what, you keep it rolling. So, here's what you missed on Loser Like Me. A musical TV show called Glee aired for six seasons, and Christina and Tanner decided to rewatch the whole thing. It's really wild. Anything goes on this show. The whole conflict is about a cheerleading coach trying to destroy a Glee club. But it's also about finding your true self and being special. Well, their teacher's a cuck, and I'm pretty sure his degree fell off the back of a truck. There's lots of yelling about good representation from the show and the two of us. And I don't think the writers are always sure what show they're even writing. Yeah. Tanner gets passionate about Kurt. Christina gets really upset about incorrect use of Spanish. Look, it happens. And so many interesting characters don't get the screen time they deserve. Like Tina, Ari, Mike, So if you want to hear what was going on beyond just the singing and the dancing, check out Loser Like Me. It's a podcast where we find the best parts of this show and hold nothing back talking about the worst ones. You can find us on whatever podcast provider you use. Or on Twitter at LoserLikeMePod. And And that's that's what what you missed on Glee! Hey, it's Dennis, editor and GM of Control Group. Let's give it up for our ads. And let's throw in one of our own. And I know what you must be thinking. Dennis, I'm already listening to the episode. Aren't I doing enough? And truly you are. But if you wanted to go the extra step, why not follow us on Twitter? At CTRL Group Pod. There we post a lot of information, character portraits, and little promos to the episode so you can get a cute little sneak peek to get you excited before you listen. You can also go ahead and jump on to the Be Gay Roll Dice Discord server. There we have our own little special place where you can come and talk to us about episodes and episode ideas and systems. Do you have a system you want us to test? Go over to our Patreon. We have a special $5 dev tier where... Once you pledge to that, we'll go ahead to take a look at your system, give you a nice little preview, and then somewhere down the line, we're going to go ahead and give your system a try. And if you don't have a system to test, you can also join our Patreon for as low as a dollar. There, you can go ahead and get access to special tests that we put behind a paywall, because they're probably too stupid to go on the main feed. Also, it's tried and true, but smash that like and subscribe button below. If you're on Apple Podcasts, give us a review if you're on spotify give us five stars or however many you think is appropriate anyway if you have the spoons to do this go ahead we really appreciate the support we want to thank you nevertheless just for listening to our podcast enjoy the episode earth 1730 it is a land that is much like our own but oh so different Instead of continental drifts separating Pangaea, the supercontinent, and a meteor taking out the dinosaurs, on this version of Earth, both events happened because of one another. A meteorite with magical properties struck the Earth, wiping out the dominant dinosaurs and rearranging the way we saw the world. Instead of slowly drifting outward, 70% of the known world instead formed a concentric circle of life around the All-Sea. 
The other 30%, the New World, as it's known, is separated by what is called the Great Divide, a large swath of impossible ocean. The grand civilizations of Earth over time became empires, and you know how empires go. If they can't conquer their neighbors, they start looking for what is new. They turn their eyes away from the All-Sea and towards the New World. A prophecy foretold of a princess that would be born with the ability to help cross the Great Divide. This limited this person to be born of only three monarchies that remained. Eucadia, France, and Espana. These three countries went to war with each other, employing the only ladies that could effortlessly traverse the All-Sea. Pirates. Stories about the sailors and their sport About how every sailor has a girl in every port But if you add it two and two you figure out right quick It's just because the girls all have a lad on every ship And it's twiddly idy 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 twiddly idy It's oftentimes a man will leave you broken with dismay And it's twiddly idy 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 twiddly idy there's other things to twiddle when the man has sailed away. Yar, Variable here, there be podcast. Welcome to our newest season of Thirsty Sword Lesbians by April Kit Walsh and Evil Hat Productions. This is Pirates of the All Sea. I am Dennis, your GM. And with me, I've got some players and their pirates. Hi, I'm Carrie, and I will be playing Freya Kierkengard. I'm Marcus, and I'll be playing Jessica the Beast. I'm V, and I'll be playing Cecily the Cold. I'm Kate, and I'll be playing Sean of House Lumley. The waves of the All Sea breathe upwards, splashing against the stern of Hera's Vindication. Seafoam splashing against the golden letters writ across the back of the boat. Bow side towards the front of the ship stands our captain, Sal Devlin, the Red Devil of the All Sea. She turns around to the lot of you who have gathered there. She is this woman who has survived in one of the deadliest climates there is known to man, the All Sea. But through all these troubles, she still remains as bright as the sun, as her silhouette is outlined by it. We see a few scars on her face, but always a smile, her bright, vivid red hair draping out of her captain's hat and down to this long captain's robe, which is a dark green with golden stemmed roses on it, and then the roses are stitched in with red lining. She has gathered you four before her. And she says, Do you know why they call it the All-Sea? We were born from it. Everything was born from it. Rising out of the sea, starting life anew. And when our life is over, we will go straight back into the All-Sea, feeding it. It is our mother. <laughs> In some sort of way, we revere it, but we should also respect it for its fury. Plus, if you are in the middle of the All-Sea, when you look around, it's all you can see. That's the actual reason it was named like that, but I thought mine was a little bit more poetic. 
if you would come follow me into my chambers. <laughs> as she walks past her four generals as you're walking in line, who's following directly behind Captain Sal? I have a feeling that Cecily is right behind. V, if you'll describe Cecily a little bit for me. Cecily is a, a short, very thin, uh, gaunt-looking figure with long, tendril-like hair, like a black, inky, purple kind of color, with a coat that just uh, swallows their whole body, and uh, miscellaneous uh, jewelry um, adorning them, and a shockingly clean white dress underneath. Who's next in line? I think I am probably behind Cecily. Alright, Kate, describe Sean. So behind Cecily walks a very kind of lanky, tomboy-esque figure. She has like dark, kind of like auburn hair that's streaked with some some kind of blonder bits as she spent more time in the sun. That is like short hair with kind of like a front poof thing that kind of swoops in front of her face. She has uh, one pierced ear where she's wearing kind of a long dangly earring um, with like a pretty fine gem on the the end of it that's like a a ruby. So this dark red gem at the bottom. She has blue eyes and like freckles over her nose. She's probably like five foot nine. Pretty tall, very slender, very lanky. Um, She's wearing just very simple brown trousers and then a like green vest on top with nothing underneath it it's buttoned in the front to keep it closed and it has this green vest is actually made from material that seems a bit finer than what uh, pirates normally wear and it's kind of outlined it has this detailing on the hems that are that's like gold string gold thread that's the word i'm looking for and yeah she's just oh and she's carrying a notebook and she's like she's like flipping to a new page and like writing like captain's meeting and then like the date and she's like gonna take notes (laughs) wonderful who's next in line Uh, that's me next marcus if you'll describe your character for me so jessica she has her hands together and um, she's trying to stay at the right place in line, not too far forward and not too far to the back, and has basic kind of white blouse and vest that she just was kind of given as part of the crew. Like, stuff that they would have on the ship. I don't think that she <laughs> has any, like, clothes that she possesses of her own. But anyways, um, and then, oh, except for a bunch of ribbons. She has a ribbon around her neck. She has a ribbon in her hair. Or, or bows, I should say, rather. And then one around her wrist as well. And they are red and white. Oh, and she has... So she has darker skin and some scarring around her face. And then you can see a little bit of the darker kind of scales and pigments around throughout her skin. She also has, like, a dark blue hair that is cut short at the... Not short, but at the neck. And then finally, bringing up the rear, Kay, if you'll describe Freya for us. Yeah. So Freya is short, very stocky build, very strong lady, um, meaty lady, you might say. She's always armored up, so she's wearing her classic bronze chest piece. It's engraved with beautiful leaves and vines. 
but it's very strong, even though it's pretty. She's got very light blonde hair fashioned into intricate braids and ice blue eyes. She has a perpetual scowl and she's always eating something, usually. In this case, she's eating a raw fish in the back of the line, one that fell into the boat while Sal was giving her speech. I think that'll be it for Freya right now. As the five of you head into Sal's captain's quarters, you can see it's intricately lined of a life of piracy. She has gifts and knickknacks that she has stolen and pirated all across the known world, as it is called. Traveling from one end of the all-sea to the other, on an ornate desk in the middle, Sal has a map of the known world laid about. She grabs a couple of pieces from a very fine glass chess set and comes back to the map. Do any of you need a history lesson on the War of the Three Kingdoms? Yes, please. <laughs> As Sal smiles a little bit, knowing that Cecily would have been the one who has been a pirate since the War of the Three Kingdoms, the other three of you could have joined right after kind of the big front of it. Really, she puts three queens on the westernmost continent of Eucadia, to the north of it, Franca, and then just to the east of that, Espana. She then puts a bishop on Italia, a rook on Arjun, Ichiba, and Zulu. And she goes, Not but a few years ago, there was a witch riding along the entire All-Sea on the rinkiest boat you've ever seen. She claimed a prophecy that one day a princess would be born. This princess would have the knowledge to cross the Great Divide. As we know, the Great Divide, impossible to traverse by any standards of any person on the All-Sea. Knowing it would be a princess limited us down as she moves away all of the rooks from Zulu, Ichiban, and Ayrton, and then also the bishop from Italia, thus started the War of the Three Kingdoms, vying for children, in a sense, trying to get claim over one of these princesses that would help them reach the new world, obviously so they could conquer it and have something for themselves since they can't conquer of any of these other mighty lands. She moves over to the queen on Espana. We have been hired by the queen of Espana to kidnap someone. As you know, we're in a bit of a peace treaty right now after the war. Unfortunately, the princess from Eucadia has perished under mysterious circumstances. And to help sign the peace treaty, the princess from France has been, she throws up air quotes, loaned out to Eucadia. And with the princess from Espana missing in action, I think we have our source of all this magical power that'll help us cross the All-Sea. This is a great job for us, it will net mighty pay. I've spoken with you before about the plan, but we'll go over it once more, because I know some of you don't listen so well. <laughs> We're going to run the old gambit, and you can hear a bunch of working outside on the ship as all of the able-bodied sailors are working to turn the bow of the ship into a stage. It's the classic gambit you always run. You're 
when you're in one of these highfalutin continents near the capital, you're no longer pirate. You're not part of Hera's vindication anymore. You're part of Hera's flying show, which is a stage show that she puts on for all of these, <laughs> all of these important people to pass by in normal society. So tonight, you guys will be putting on a show while the rest of you sneak in to the main kingdom of Eucadia to attempt to steal the princess of France. Now I've had you all some time to think, um, what what show are we running tonight? My Fair Princess. I'm not British, why have I do that? <laughs> My Fair Princess. <laughs> That's a good one. Any other options? I was thinking Rent. Rent I, is pretty I was, I was, I was, I was gonna say stop. Rent, but I didn't know I didn't know whether that was not okay. I don't know. It's if a fantasy that... world. We can there's a fantasy rent, it's based off the Boem, so Yeah. Pay, I, payment. I, I, I... Payment. <laughs> yes, we will run payment then. <laughs> payment. Yes. Does anyone want to like? What roles do you all want? I mean, if it uh, am I? Ta- are we talking to Sal or are we talking to you? You're talking to Sal, yeah. <laughs> you know, I've always fancied myself a guitar player, so maybe <laughs> I could play. You know, that one guy who like goes off. <laughs> And plays his guitar and is sad all the time. I think his name's Roger. <laughs> yes, that's that's a, gr- that's a great role. Um, Freya, you don't have to raise your hand, Freya. This is not. <laughs> I just wanted to say there is a scene in the beginning where a main character is mugged. I think I could make a great <laughs> mugger. Now, this is a very side. This is a throwaway scene. But I think that I could bring some real main character potential to it. And the fish in my hand that has a bite taken out of it starts flopping around. So I slam it against Sal's desk to kill it again. And then I go, see, I think that I could bring that to the show. Sal takes out a handkerchief out between her bosom to wipe off the fish guts that are now on her fine desk. Yeah. <laughs> and wipes it off. I'm I'm glad you're... This. I think this is the first time you're not behind... The scenes, working backstage. So I'm, I'm very happy you would, you would take on this role, Freya. Thank you. I thought it was, uh, I thought it was very fitting for me. I, we haven't had any fights lately. I need to get it out of my system now. All right, and the rest of you can do whatever. I guess. I mean, if you don't have anything to pitch, that's fine. I thought it was presumed that I would continue to work as a stage manager. That is my bad. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> No, it's fine. I guess that leaves me in the starring role of Payment Gunderson. Yes, we all know <laughs> Payment Gunderson. So what's going to happen is we'll begin the show as normal, and then at the second act, we'll slip out. We'll have some of the able-bodied uh, sailors take over your roles, and we'll infiltrate, or you'll infiltrate the kingdom of Eucadia looking for the Princess of Francais. Where are we putting on this this show? As Sal heads to the door of her captain's quarter and opens it up, as you can see that the ship is being fitted at the very front of the ship is now the the jib of the sails has been let loose and turned around on its side, so it's now the scheme, the background of the set itself. As you guys are getting closer and closer to Eucadia. Oh, oh, I see. I, you know, I just was wondering if we'd be doing it in any of the playhouses, but I guess not. That's fine. <laughs> I mean, if you'd want to step foot on Eucadian soil, as Sal gives a little giggle. <laughs> no, I, 
No. No. Yeah, what a terrible place. <laughs> I think Sean looks visibly uncomfortable by everything that we're talking about. Like, and she definitely, like, scuttled away from where, from, like, she was, like, right up by the desk taking notes, and then as soon as Freya started beating it with a fish, she just scuttled away. <laughs> All right, we have, I believe, an hour and a half before we're there at the Eucadian Kingdom of the Baytheon. Go ahead, enjoy yourselves, get ready for your rolls. We'll do lights up in just a little bit, ladies. Thank you, Captain. As you all head out through your various ways, the sun begins to crest over the Great Divide as nightfall approaches. You guys begin sailing within the boundaries of the kingdom of Eucadia. It has this large, almost open crescent moon shape of land mass where there's kind of a mini lake in between the beginning of its borders and the kingdom that you're heading straight up through. You're heading to the epicenter of this crescent moon where they've built in the grand stage. This used to be a kind of courtroom where the Eucadian queen would judge sailors and pirates from their ships themselves, sinking them directly should they be found guilty. So, you know, there's a lot of equipment here that could destroy your ship if this mission does not go as stealthily as you need it to be. As the stars guide you into Eucadia, Cecily, you find yourself towards the bow of the ship, guiding the ship essentially straight the best course towards the kingdom itself. And as you're trying to navigate, you describe your kind of your motions for how you navigate. I think Cecily often closes her eyes, contrary to most navigators, um, Mm -hmm. and is taking in the wind, the voices, kind of the feelings, the movement of the waters and the rocks and the sunken ships around them and kind of lets that dictate where they go. Uh, trusting themselves to drive the boat successfully <laughs> through this while closing their eyes, which is quite a feat. If someone was to look at this, they'd absolutely be sure they'd crash, but navigated many a storm this way. But it's there's always like a slight look of discomfort on Cecily's face every time they close their eyes. Yeah, I'm gonna have you roll plus spirit for me. First roll. That'll be a three. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, it's still very bad. Perfect. As your <laughs> eyes are closed, you're guiding the boat towards Eucadia. You start to hear. Typically, the spirits that guide you are quiet. Not a lot of spirits retain themselves on the All Sea unless they're kind of big and powerful and were boastful in life. Strong energies stick around, you know? Usually it's whispers. And you start to hear one that sounds like a whimper until you get closer and it gets stronger and you hear the ghostly calling of a little girl crying. It's not that she's been wronged in a way. She's in direct pain. There are screams of agony and pain. And then you feel a warm hand on your shoulder, kind of breaking you out of the crying. I look to my right where I presume I see the captain. Yeah, you do. It's Sal. Spirits guiding you fine tonight, my little compass? They are uh, disquieted this evening. 
They are not what I expected, especially before quite an important mission. But nothing that I can't handle. But I appreciate your help. I know you are capable. It's just checking in on you. I know it's a it's been one of our first missions since the war broke out. Thank you, my captain. I appreciate it. I am not eager to set foot on Eucadian soil. That is for sure. But <laughs> I don't think anyone is. <laughs> well, I pray that our mission will go smoothly, and we will find this princess easily. I do not wish to stay here long. Hopefully, we shall be in and out within the time of the show. By curtain fall, we'll be away with a princess. Do you think this princess will solve? The issues between the three countries? I mean, if they're willing to kill young women over it, I highly doubt it. I'm not one for geopolitical conflict, but my, my crew needs to eat. Such is fair. Money does make the world go round. But I wonder if, when we have the princess in our possession, if we hold the cards. We now have the power to decide our fate. And she has her fate to herself versus whatever these three kingdoms choose. That is all. I am just pondering <laughs> what our destinies might be uh, in our own hands. Captain Sal nods. Now she is taking in what you're saying. I've always valued the way you think, Cecily. Thank you, my captain. I just, like, give her hand, like, a squeeze, like, a really tight squeeze <laughs> as I'm, like, staring out into the distance. <laughs> she squeezes your hand back and then heads back into the captain quarters to put on a little bit more makeup to get ready for the show. As you guys gently enter the Eucadian capital, like I said, there's a narrow canal, kind of like the Panama Canal, that leads ships straight into it as you come into essentially this Colosseum-like stadium that people can see the bow of your ship from. We watch as there are a couple of ropes. There's actually like eight ropes intersecting above instead of a roof to this coliseum that have the flags of all of the Eucadian high houses on them. And as you look around, Sean, you can even notice the flag of House Lumley firmly attached to one of these ropes. Sean turns her back like she's definitely like <laughs> trying to avoid even looking at it. As you head in, you see countless members of the Eucadian High Society sitting around ready for this show. They've been waiting for a show for so long because there hasn't been anything to do in town with all of their their wealth and riches. We see in the very back towards the kind of top uh, most northern point there is a specific special box where we see the Queen of Eucadia Queen Alana Bathion for whom this narrow strait is named after. We see her in her throne, lush and golden, built strong. She is plentiful, round woman, garish red and golden garb, white frills along the bottom. Her hair, like tiny shoe puffs, the basic like old school white wig with a bunch of rounds in it, you would see in a, in a current UK courtroom. Sat next to her in a seat that is not a throne. It seems to be rushly built and almost a seat that is too small for the woman sitting in it. We see a- another woman who is cloaked in this robe. It is a white robe 
that has orange, kind of towards the cuffs, they get orange. And on the orange cuffs, there are little triangles that go back and forth with white and red on them. And then we can't kind of see this woman's dress underneath. She has black hair uh, for the back half, and the front of her hair uh, is all white. As you guys quickly find your mark, as you notice this as the princess of France that's been loaned over to the Queen of Eucadia in the peace treaty. This is the Princess of France, Yves Cote Donnet. As the performance, the lights kind of dim down around the stadium, as the performance begins, I want all of you to roll plus grace for me to see how this performance goes for the first act. Ten for Sean. Freya got an eight. Everyone's doing much better than Cecily. <laughs> got a five. Oof. <laughs> I got a six. <laughs> All right. As the first act of payment begins, <laughs> Sean, you're really doing this breakout role here, and <laughs> Freya, you really did add some main <laughs> character potential to the mugging in the very beginning. Uh, Jessica, it's your it's your first time as a leading lady on the ship, and unfortunately, these the the crowd is kind of getting to you. You find yourself a little slow on lines, a little backwards in blocking. Cecily, what's going on here is you're a little slow to your cues. As every time you try to focus on the show, that crying from earlier, that spirit gets louder and louder, causing you to miss a couple of your cues. I also would like Sean, since you're doing so well as you're up during the first act, I want you to roll plus wit for me. Not as good. Six. Oof. As you're doing well towards the middle of the first act, you kind of look over to the queen's box and you look at Queen Bathion and you look at Princess Eve and... You finally notice that there has been a guard standing extremely close to Eve, and it causes you to hold on a line for a little bit, as this face looks extremely familiar to you. Oh no. Do I recognize who it is, uh, or do I- does it just look familiar? You recognize who it is, however- when you go to look back, because the stage pulls your attention away, and as you go to look back at the box, that person is gone. Okay. So you don't know if you were seeing things, but you could have sworn that this was Cameron. She uh, just kind of, like, stutters, basically, and then is, like, you know, continues on her line of, and I'm going to Santa Fe. <laughs> <laughs> As the orchestra picks up, <laughs> and you guys head into intermission, the crowd uproarious, <laughs> clapping, enjoying their show. You slip behind the stage as Sal goes. You can slip through the uh, bottom section of the boat, swim to the land. I think there is a guard's entrance that she points off to the easternmost part of the stadium itself. That should hopefully lead you into the Meng Kingdom itself. Uh, and we remember, we want this to be as quiet as possible, because they do sink ships here. Noted. 
Yes. <laughs> I will stay here for prosperity. Dennis, can I have mm-hmm. um, packed up like a little bag of of things prior to the show that like I can take with yeah. me? Okay, in this bag. Yeah, of course. In this bag, I want. Um, Sean doesn't have a ton of possessions, but one of the things she does have is a very fancy, like fine nobles dress. Um, that is, of course, in the Eucadian style, and she has that in a bag with like some other remnants of her life in Eucadia, and she's just bringing them along in case. Uh, they would be useful. As you dip down to the boat and slip through a hatch, you plunge into the cold water of the All Sea. You paddle on over to the side towards that guard's entrance, and you head in. It's this long tunnel-like structure as you move in. But as you get further and further along, you eventually hear a couple of guards steadfast approaching through the tunnel. This tunnel, so it's like a tunnel from, so we get the sense that this tunnel's mostly used by like fishermen or people like on boats getting into the city. It's a, it's a walkable tunnel. So this is where the guards kind of move around. Um, if you needed to quickly get from one side of the audience to the other, okay. these tunnels would be used, but it's mostly like a guard. Okay. Entrance. So it's weird for any people besides guards to be in here. Relatively. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Good. <laughs> Can I look around and see if there's any, like, little alcoves to duck into? Yeah, you're able to find one alcove along the kind of torchlit path. However, you feel like this would only fit one person at most. Cool. Okay. Are we gonna- (laughs) are we gonna hide? Are we gonna just- As the, eventually the two Eucadian guards <laughs> come upon all four of you. Hey, what's all this, Den? I'm sorry, I misunderstood. I didn't oh. know that all of us were there being typecast Hello. as Yeah, I ain't supposed to be here. Do you know here. we could find the Lou? Yes, we've gotten awfully turned around. Oh, you sound like... You sound like you're from here. You're from... You can't no, I'm not. Um, I am... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I I am yes, but my uh, my friend here is is not, mm. and we're just a little bit turned around. You know, we were over in the audience and we were looking for uh, a, a, a Lou and um, went down some stairs and now we're here. Uh, could you direct us to the nearest restroom? I'm going to have you roll to entice for me, Sean. So you're gonna roll plus heart. Okay. Got a plus zero to this, so... <laughs> That's a five. Alright. You know what, you're a... You're a nice bird if you wanna... Wanna head back with the rest of us, and... We can certainly show you the way, we can leave these other... Other people around, and you can come back with us. Excuse me, I don't... Uh, no. Uh, that's, that's just a hard pass from me. Um, I don't know you at all. And I'm just looking for the bathroom. I don't know, um, yeah, I'm just, it's a hard pass. Hard pass. But you said you'd show us around, are you giving us a tour? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, how about you, uh, uh, follow us as both of the guards unsheath their swords? I love tours. I just love traveling. (laughs) Freya's gonna go ahead and put her meaty hand on the the handle of her sword, just in case she needs to (laughs) unsheath it. (laughs) 
but she's gonna keep her distance. I think it's 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 close to that time as they begin approaching all four of you with their swords out. There's only two of them. Okay, Frey, Frey's gonna unsheath yep, her just sword. The two of them. <laughs> Sean's gonna move to the back. <laughs> she hears Freya's sword coming out, and she's like, I'm just gonna, you know what, uh, <laughs> and just, like, mosey back. I figure Cecily's already in the back, and then just, like, pulls Sean backwards. <laughs> like, sees them coming, and just, like, grabs your shoulders. And it's like, okay, I'll have a meat shield as well. <laughs> Alright, you sure you know how to use that? You could just put that away and Come with us. We'll make it nice and easy like. Well, I know how to use it, and I never need much of an excuse. (laughs) The Mexican standoff. I'm gonna have you... uh... (laughs) I'll have you roll plus fight. We're gonna roll to fight for me, Freya. Um, So you can either roll plus daring or grace. Okay, I'm gonna roll plus daring. Oh, I got a 12. (laughs) Alright. Fuck you! Uh, you (laughs) That's our Viking! (laughs) <laughs> you get to choose three of these, and I get to choose one in response. Oh my god. Uh, the first one is flirt with or provoke your opponent to gain a string on them. Through violence or cutting words, inflict a condition. Create an opportunity for an ally through prowess or distraction, or take an object from your opponent or seize a superior position. I would like to take an object from my opponent. That's one, right? Yep. I... <laughs> I would like... <laughs> Can I kind of, um, finesse the sword from one of them? Yeah, you 100%. The guards, uh, truly just misogynistic, not ready for this, is easily disarmed as you do a quick move with your blade. As one of the guards, the sword just flips over into your free hand. Okay, and then I'm gonna be like, wow, for a guard, you don't know how to keep up. And then I'm gonna wink at him, and that'll be my second move. I'm fl- I'm flirting. Okay. Oh my gosh. Swoon. <laughs> and then the third one, you said opportunity to make an ally or something like that? Yeah, to give a position for an ally, yeah. I'm going to kind of fl- flip the sword around and I'm going to be like, you do have some good moves though. Where'd you learn them? And that's me trying to be an ally. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Uh, they'll take an object back so they take their sword back. <laughs> Well, <laughs> the, the, the Eucadian god, they they teach it all you know. Why, I, I just, what is going on here? You guys, do you truly just need to go to the loo, or? Listen. I do, actually. Um, truly, I truly need to pee. To drink, I yes. say, yeah, I, I. All right, uh, intermission's gonna end soon. Just, just, just follow us, I guess. Thank you. <laughs> As, the guy's like, what? What the bloody hell are you doing? Just like, don't worry about him. Just like, you saw how she flipped my sword out of my hand, right? <laughs> how do we... Okay, so what does it take in this system to just, like, totally kill or incapacitate someone? Uh, through violence or cutting words, inflict a condition. Oh, okay. Would be okay. the option. Yeah. Are you going to stab him yes. in the back as they're now leading you? Exactly. <laughs> All right. I'm going to... I think there's a fancy... Uh, move for that one. So I'm going to have you in the expanded fight moves. There's one called Faint. So I'm going to have you roll plus Wit for me. Okay. Faint. Okay. Does that still include fight? Because my I have a move that it says when you fight, <laughs> you can... I can choose an additional option if I mark a condition. Yeah, if you want to, yeah. Oh, I'm negative one Wit. Okay. Yeah, I guess how would I have even thought of to do this? Okay, cool. 
five. Oof. <laughs> With that, you begin sneaking up on one of the guards. Right before you're actually led to the entrance of the kingdom itself, the other guard is alerted, flips his friend around, and then grabs Jessica by the wrist, bringing them in. Thought you were just trying to use the loo! Now look at you! Ah, I shouldn't have lied, I'm so sorry. I feel bad now. <laughs> he lifts you up very harshly and kind of, with your wrist still within his hand, he pushes you up against one of the cinder block walls of this guard castle. Whoa, and rude! I'm gonna, I'm gonna have you mark f- frightened for Perfect, me, that's exactly what I was gonna do. As the three of you watch this happen hey, to your young cohort. Hey, hey, you, you, that's a child, sir. You don't. What are you doing? She just tried to stab me. The knife's still in her hand. With that little knife, I mean, that's a play knife. We uh, gave it to her as a toy. It can hardly do any damage. And I'm going to, like, take it out of her hand and try to, like, um, (laughs) like, poke myself. But, like, not poke myself. You know, like, make it look like I'm poking myself, but it's not. I'm going to have to... (laughs) You're going to have to roll plus wit for this one. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> to see if you can pull off this magic trick. Come on, dice. Oh, it's so close. It's a nine. All right, with a nine, I'm going to say that you're able to poke yourself and you essentially stab your own hand and make it seem like there's nothing see, that's going on there. You, you're able to keep a, a brave face about it's- it. Just uh, like a, I'm like stabbing myself with my (laughs) just dagger to hand and like, like beads of sweat are building on my forehead and I'm just, see, it's, it's like a letter opener. It's nothing, you know, that bad. She could hardly have done anything with that fancy chainmail you've got on. I mean, she's not going to do, do anything to you. With, not with this, at least. <laughs> all right, all right. But the, the guard holding up Jessica kind of loosens their grip. Don't go around trying to fake stab people. That's not proper of a lady, all right? Who are, I mean, one, who are you to say what's proper for a lady to do? And two, yeah, sure, we'll work on the stabbing. And I'm just going to, like, put my arm around Jessica and, like, walk away. All right. Do you, do you, oh no, we're do you we're still, still need yes. to use the loo or not? All right. <sighs> yes, I mean, show us the way. Time. Fine, fine. This is the last time I take E section guard duty. <laughs> As the guards finally open up the the bottom door to the kingdom, you are led through a couple of workers' hallways. You head through like a kitchen, a pantry room. Um, things you can see lower class workers working in the Eucadian kingdom trying to bring themselves up until eventually you make it to the main foyer of the kingdom which is attached to the grand stage itself uh, so you can still hear the opening of act two from your play on the ship just on the other sides of the audience lovey boem i don't know if that starts act two or not but <laughs> as you're heading through there's still a hustle and bustle in the kingdom itself you'd think everyone would be out on the stage but there are still a lot of people in the kingdom high nobles who don't give a shit about theater and you see around a lot of people wearing cloaks cloaks you would have noticed on eve earlier if anyone wants to they can make a wit 
roll for me to see if you know what these cloaks are from. Six. John does not. Nine. Five. <laughs> Freya also does not. She usually doesn't. Cecily, you are aware of kind of Eucadian customs, and knowing that Italia is the major continent with the most widely spread religion on the All Sea. You know that Eucadia, not really one of buying into another continent's religion, have started up a lot of their own cultist-like religions. Um, so this is the Order of the High Sun. Uh, a couple of them have wormed their way into the, the High House of Bathion and are working around just kind of mon- uh, kind of chanting um, to themselves. Horrifying. And you mentioned yeah. Eve was wearing one of these robes earlier? Eve was indeed wearing one of these robes over her, her dress for the night. Sean knows that. The rest of us might not, but interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. As you kind of... <laughs> I guess you guys are led to the loo. And at this point, what are you guys going to do as the guard opens it up to, like, one of the, the chamber pot rooms to be like, all right, now's the time. Uh... Would you all come with me? I'm nervous. Yes, of course, darling. Of course. Yeah, we all go. And we go in. <laughs> and shut the door. Lock it. Add two extra chains. Prop a door underneath. And Look for any whisper. windows. I was really nervous. It, that was really good, Jessica. Yes. Really good. Freya has already found a stall and is... <laughs> you, you just hear a very strong and steady stream. <laughs> Yeah, I'll go too. Freya had to pee the whole time. You know, if everyone else take a potty break. Freya gets the nervous peas when she performs, so she's had to pee for a long time. You know, I love role playing games because, I mean, when in real life do you just get to like take a pee? You know, yeah, it's just beautiful. Escape it. <laughs> I hope to do uh, it one day. <laughs> For real. <laughs> Sean uh, is also going to pee, um, but she's also going to take this opportunity to actually put on her... Like, some people are dressed normally, right? Or is everyone in cloaks? Mm-hmm. Some Only some people have cloaks on. No, only... You see a few members of the Worshipper of the High Sun. Got it. But, like, mostly people are dressed fancily. Okay, she's going to put on her fancy dress. And she's she's going to, like, close the stall. She's going to go to the bathroom. She's going to be, like, making, like, ugh, yeah. ugh, I hate stockings. Why? Oh, it's so tight. <sighs> she's going to come. Would you like some help in there, Sean? Would you like someone to listen your corsets? Yeah, that would be great. It's um, it's a little difficult uh, to do on my own. I'll prop open the door. I have plenty of experience. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, like, gently peek my head in and I was like, you ready? And, like, slowly start lacing it and be like, are you comfortable? Make sure you can breathe deep breaths. Yes. Uh, and, like, slowly and, like, but, like, gently lacing you into this beautiful corset. <laughs> um, Thank you. And taking in, like, the beautiful fabric that sits against your body and, like, is trying not to, like, touch you more, but it's just like, oh, this is so pretty. Oh, no. <laughs> A beautiful woman. <sighs> I'm gonna have you roll to connect for me, Cecily. So you're gonna roll plus heart as you're helping Sean with her dress on. Woo! That would be a five. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> it's uh, Sean, as it's going on, it's kind of awkward. You're just in a in a stall together. Cecily has canonically cold hands. Very. <laughs> They're very cold to the touch. <laughs> it's you know it, it's oddly refreshing. Uh... And it's hard to really like connect as this moment as the steady stream is still going right. on from front. I, so like, I think also Sean is still a little bit in her head about like maybe seeing Carmen earlier. And so she's just like mm-hmm. all over the place. And even though this could be a very sensual moment, she's just like too frazzled to even really put it together. And she's also putting So I marked another level of tradition because mm-hmm. I put on this dress. Yeah. Um, and so she, I think that's another thing. Like, she's just so frazzled. She saw Carmen, potentially. She's wearing this, like, noble dress again and is kind of, yeah, just, like, being taken back to, like, her days as a lady of House Lumley. All right, eventually you all finish up your, your going to the loo and Sean gets in her dress as, what's the next move here? Okay, you guys. Uh, where should we go? Uh, sh- I mean, do- I-, I saw we saw them up in the fancy balcony. I think there's going to be some extra guards and stuff. So, but should we just head right there? I guess I can pretend to be my noble self, <clears throat> and you guys could be like my guards or something. We could try to like fool our way up there, and then Freya could just fight people. Freya and Jessica. Yeah, I could I could hit people. We'll yeah. protect you. Yeah. Oh, good, mm-hmm. good. Yeah, I mean, your performance with the mugging was truly beautiful. I don't think Betty has had a beating like that in a while. You know, like you actually weren't really acting. It's kind of impressive and scary. Thank you. I think your position, Sean, will uh, gain us entrance into the box, but we might need a little more persuasion. I think it might be. Behoove us to acquire one of those cloaks that the Eucadians like to wear, and one of us accompany you to the top and ask for a short chat with the princess, and maybe speak about the religion. Would you like me to yes. go out there and find a, a little twerp to steal a cloak from? I could easily apprehend a twerp and steal their cloak. Yeah, they did look really cool. I mean, that does check out with Freya's attitude. I I wonder, do we want to do it maybe more subtle than bang bang, fishy fish? Can you, could you like grab someone and stuff them in a closet? That would be, that would be subtle. 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 And then I think I look at my hands and there's like scales all over them. And I'm like, subtle, yeah. And I put them (laughs) behind my back. (laughs) I don't think there would be any, any issues. I'm happy to do that. I'm gonna have you. I'm gonna have you all roll plus wit for me. Seven. Five. Seven. A ten. All right. We'll go with the rest of you are embroiled in your chat of how subtly you can get around the kingdom of Eucadia. Cecily, you're propped up against the door that led into the restroom, where you can hear those two guards outside having a chat amongst themselves. Ah, uh, looks like Princess's shadow is a little up in a heave. Guess she didn't show back up for the second act, probably. Throwing a tantrum back in her room. Now you know how it is, you know. These princesses, they're stuck up. They don't care that we've given them a better life here in Eucadia. Cecily, like, fully winces at that. And it's just like, (laughs) oh, fucking cringing inside, but staying silent. 
And do you relay that information over to your team? Oh, I do I hear anything else from them um, about the princess or the shadow? Yeah, they get a bit more, as you continue listening on, they get a bit more into the shadow, and they're definitely referring to Eve's personal guard that she has around, that they refer to the shadow. And you get from the connotation of the way they say shadow, uh, it's not just meant as, like, a person who follows them. It has, like, this very derogatory sense to that. You can he- you can tell in their voices that they're being racist at the same time. Hmm, interesting. Does it seem like they're... Uh, like the princess doesn't like the shadow or they don't like the shadow they don't like the shadow okay. and as you continue on with the conversation you could tell it's because the shadow outranks all of them guard duty wise and they're busy transporting women to the loo instead of you know enjoying the show <laughs> they love Hera's flying show you know <laughs> yeah totally. payment right now <laughs> they love payment we're getting to the finale yeah, <laughs> yeah. um <laughs> I will make sure the door is locked as I move closer or deeper into the bathroom and like whisper that information and uh, look at Sean specifically and say, is there, since we are missing the, uh, the shadow to this plan, um, is there a way we can take advantage of that? Of like someone is sent as a replacement guard in the meantime, if the shadow is gone. I mean, Freya is quite the actress. Just to be clear, the conversation, the beginning of it is that Eve is no longer in the box watching the show. The guard oh, thinks fuck. she's in her room having a tantrum, yeah. <laughs> Incredible. I thought that was the shadow having the tantrum. No. Great. The the, shadow, we, have, we didn't have that conversation at all. of this shadow. The shadow alerted <laughs> them because she could not find Eve in the box. <laughs> That's fully what I thought. I was like, why did the shadow leave? Um, but great. Great. I'm glad princess is having a great time um i then relay that information and say maybe we could take a little uh detour uh to the sleeping rooms and see if we can uh catch her on her way back to the box i think that sounds like a great idea and sean would know exactly where these are as you have visited house Bathion before. And I dare say I've been in some bedrooms. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I I do think I know where to go. Um just like putting it out there though, I uh I might know who this shadow is. May have uh you know, kind of had a had a thing with with them. Just FYI. Oh that's perfect. You can take advantage of is that it? and become the destruction. Oh, fuck. I think that would be a, a lovely course of action. Do you not? Do, is there something else that we need to know about this person that you are not telling she's, us? She's amazing. That's <laughs> she's amazing. Well, I, apart from her being quite lovely and infuriating all at the same time, uh, I yeah, sure. To get this over with, I, I I'll be the distra- distraction. Just. Yeah, just, I guess, if I'm floundering, I don't know, like, you guys could, like, hide, help hide me or something at some point if I really suck at it, because she kind of has this way of, like, messing with my head, you know? Not, like, on purpose, per se, but just, like, well, I get kind of like this around her, if you know what I mean. I'm just talking really fast and, like, nervous and clammy and, and not really just a kind of everything I hate. Anyways, let's go. <laughs> As Sean is bearing their soul, you hear up. 
Alright, ladies, you've been in there for like ten minutes. How long could it take? Okay, is there- so are there any other windows or exits to the bathroom at all? A lady never tells. Not really, it's kind of insularly built as the castle is kind of built around this main foyer. The only way out is the way you came in. Mm -mm. You unlock the door and head out. The guards turn around to the new resplendently dressed Sean as both of these guards, instead of seeming angry, kind of drop that pretense and bow before Sean. Thank you. I uh, appreciate your help, kind sirs, and I'm going to flick them a couple coins. I assume I still have some Eucadian coins um, nothing, like, yeah. huge, just, like, a little silver piece or whatever. Very much appreciated. Can I get your names? I'd love to recommend you to your superiors for the wonderful work that you've been doing. I'm so sorry. We didn't know we were dealing uh, with someone from uh, House Lumley. I'm I'm Chod, and this is Bim. Chod and Bim. Wonderful. Yeah. Thank you so much, Chod and Bim. I will uh, be sure to tell as many people as I can about your great work, okay? Hopefully you can, you know, maybe get promoted. I love you guys' names. Yeah, yeah, uh, thank you so much. Uh, Feel free to wander around the kingdom if you want to, or if you want to go back to the show, you definitely can. But uh, I was so so, so sorry about the the hustling earlier. Yeah, we're really sorry. The other one cuts in, and then he begins, like, patting Jessica on the top of her head. Uh, It was all fun. We're all play-acting, you know, fake knife, uh, fake heart. I'm going to wrap my meaty arm around Jessica and yank her away from that stinky man. Hey, <laughs> it's just Bim. I'm just being Bim. <laughs> well, Bim. That's what Bim does. Thanks, Classic Bim. Bim and Chod. Classic Bim. Uh, we'll remember that. Um, yes, thank you. We will take our leave now. And she just kind of like walks very fluidly away and like like, her posture is, like, much straighter, and she has, like, she's, like, gliding. You know, it's has perfected that walk, especially in, like, a big dress of, like, walking without seeming like you're actually moving your feet, just, like, gliding around the room. As you begin floating around the foyer, Chum and Bid leave, because they really do want to watch the rest of the show. And as we're getting closer to the finale, they run out there. Now that you're back out in the foyer, you notice that the cult is gone. They seem to have disappeared from this foyer. A lot less people probably just catching the very end of the show for looks instead of actually enjoying the high art. As you guys ascend the stairway heading towards the bedrooms, eventually Sean leads you all to where the princess's room would be. And just about as you reach the door, the door opens itself, and rushed and hurriedly, someone exits it, kind of surprised to find you all right outside. When, Sean, you're met with Cameron, the shadow that the guards were referring to earlier, the devoted, the one in charge of taking care of Eve while she's in Eucadia. She is this Zulu woman. She has white paint stripes under her eyes. As you can tell, her pupils are not like normal pupils in Zulu. Due to their magic resources, they can often take on aspects as you uh, as they are known, which give them more than human abilities, as Cameron has 
since the last time you've seen her taken on the aspect of the cat. Uh, so she has cat-like pupils. Uh, she's got these nice, tight dreads that are pulled into a bun on the top of her head. And she has this fine golden spear uh, strapped to her back uh, that has, instead of a metal piece to the end, the sharp bit is not metal, it seems to be made of some sort of rock. A translucent rock, almost like a diamond. As Cameron comes face to face with you, you see that originally Cameron had a problem heading out of this room, and now that she is face to face with you, she has a totally new problem that she's dealing with. Hello, darling. How are you? I do not have the time for this. What are you doing here? I was hoping that I could speak to the princess, actually. Do you know where she is? Oh. As she brandishes her spear and begins pointing it at the four of you. Excuse me, did you lose the princess? The the person I did not, you're supposed I did to be guarding? You lost her. I do, mm, I, not right now. Yeah. As she kind of blows uh, past the four uh, of excuse you. Excuse me, you do not yes. walk away from me. No, no, you don't. Okay. I get to walk away from you, but only once our conversation is done. Uh, and she'll like continue. This is something. This is something you'll never understand. I have a job. I have things to do. I have a job. I have I things to do. Lounge about like you have all of your life. That is just not true. It's not true. I do plenty of things, and I'll have you know, I am on a job right now. So we need to find the princess. You need to find the princess. Why don't we find the princess together? Why don't we just do something bold and work together for yes, what? Yes, yes, let's uh, just do the thing I was already doing, but make it your idea, Shan. Isn't that wonderful? That's what we always do. You know, I was already looking for the princess. Yes, but you were looking in her rooms. I mean, she throws a. She's very sad. She is depressed here. Well, of course she's depressed. She's been basically uprooted from her home, taken to one of the worst societies that's ever existed, and is now being paraded around. No, I would know. I would. It's horrible here. As this is going on, uh, the rest of you hear screams from the audience and what sound like explosions and gunfire and <laughs> that doesn't is that does that sound like the end of of, of payment oh, don't change the subject now that it just now that you're losing the argument no i i feel like uh payment doesn't end with gunfire they're destroying the barricade <laughs> No, that's. I think that's Le Miserable, actually. That's Le Miserable, and that show is a lot less gay. It's it's called El Terrible. A lot. It's true. As you all head down the main hallway where all the bedrooms lead, there eventually leads towards the outside where that box is. It leads you directly into the queen's box. As you see, the queen's kind of she. She and herself are kind of hoisted over the the banister as she's looking at Hera's vindication. As you guys notice that <laughs> currently in the process, someone is using a a broken off piece of a flag to sail down those ropes that cross over top of the stadium itself. It's knocking down flags. Um, uh, from what you can see, you see uh, one of these members, one of the cult members, uh, slowly making their way towards Hera's vindication as the defenses 
four Eucadia start picking up guards, take their stations, begin firing harpoons attached to ropes into Hera's Vindication itself as they dig themselves into the wood of the ship, trying to hold it there. As you guys can see from your angle, Sal quickly dropping the set and beginning to try to set up sail out of here. Do we get any indication that, like, it's something we did that caused this kerfuffle, or...? You know what? Despite everything that's gone <laughs> on in this episode, it's not you guys that caused cool. this. Cool. Great. Great. So we're yeah, just about to be abandoned in... Just fine. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Is the figure far away enough... Is the figure too far away to discern what they look like? Yeah, unfortunately, they've got, like, the full hood on, and you just see, like, flying fabric uh, trying to slide their way onto the ship. And roughly about the time you guys get a sense of everything, this figure has landed on Hera's Vindication itself. Uh, I'm going to take off in a full sprint toward the figure. Yeah, there are... Essentially, I'm going to have you roll plus daring for me. We're up at the queen's box. I imagine that my predator-prey instincts are... Yeah, as you try to defy disaster. Seven. (laughs) All right. With a seven, you... There are a couple of columns which you could essentially Jackie Chan your way up. (laughs) Due to your height, it is a real struggle. And we're like, oh my god, she's not going to make it. But at the last second, you're able to brandish your sword and whip it around one of those ropes that over top of the rest of the stadium, and you essentially make the same move down towards the ship. And you're, you're steadfast going, whether the rest of you do. In this commotion, I want to look around and see if I can find... if I see the princess, if she's using this as, like, a way to, like, get around anywhere. I don't know. Yeah, roll plus spirit for me. Or, sorry, wit. Oh, motherfucker. Rolled so many twos and threes. Uh, six. Yeah, you're not able to see in this commotion what's going on or where Eves can possibly be. Okay. Does the, does the queen look angry or confused? A lot of emotions. Kind of both. Also really sad. I won't even make you roll for that, but she seems really disheartened by this. She, she keeps on screaming for her baby. You can tell there's definitely shit to unpack there. Yeah. But it's not a it's not an actual omission. That Eves is the queen's daughter, but there's shit to unpack there. Wait, I thought the the queen of Eucadia is yeah, not is n- that's yeah, what I'm she's saying. not. Eves. We're not. Yeah, you just all gave me a look like that's what I was admitting, and I am not. <laughs> I wasn't meaning to give. She out is looks. a woman going through trauma after the loss of yes, her actual yes, daughter. Yes, yes, thank you. Right, you know what? I really need you to spell it out for me sometimes. Thank you. Yeah, We've sorry, sorry. You know what? <laughs> I'm saying it for the variables. Our variables are very dumb. So (laughs) the queen is yelling for her baby, but she actually means the one she lost. Right. Oh. And if you'll think about that little girl crying uh, to Cecily. Right, that was the the ghost child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. Yep, yep. I should have communed a long time ago. Um, (laughs) Is there... Is... Has... Is there any chance the queen is like passed out and fainted? She's just screaming after her baby. She's not. She has yeah. not noticed you. Okay, great. Well, that's good. <laughs> um, can I see any of the unseen around me? Are they here <laughs> in the box? Yeah, I'd say. Yeah, there's a lot of spirits here. As this used to be a trial ground, as right. you uh, you watch as like the people the actual human alive mortals around you freaking the fuck out. They don't know what's going on. But these spirits are kind of standing very still. 
as they point you towards the ship. And about this time, you're able to catch that the figure that has landed on the ship, the first figure you saw when you came out here, has landed kind of roughly, so their hood has popped off. And you noticed a tuft of black hair from what you can see with little fringes of white in the front. <laughs> As before your action, actually, Cameron's gonna go like, oh, there she is. Cameron tosses her spear like a javelin towards Hera's vindication, you know, 70, 80 yards out there, um, and it sticks in. As you watch as the she has these bracelets, which are the same kind of rock material that her spear is made of, they shake a little bit, Cameron disappears from your view, can I, and she's now on the ship with her spear. Damn it, you can I, I wanted her. to grab onto her. <laughs> yeah. Like, as soon as she starts throwing, I want to grab onto her. <laughs> to defy disaster, I'm going to have you... Roll plus grace for me. Okay. This seems to deal with swiftness as you're trying to catch a person who's actively teleporting. Nine. So close. Nine. You're able to, knowing the way Cameron moves like you do, Sean, you're able to grab onto her. And as you feel, I don't know if you've felt uh, Zulu magic in this way through this teleportation, but it feels like when you zone out while you're driving and you're like, how the fuck did we get here? <laughs> you were you were in the box, and then now you're on the ship. Oh, I'm gonna hurl. <laughs> and it feels like you've lost a moment in time somehow. Like, the, the A to B has been cut, and you're directly at C. <laughs> As uh, Cameron says over her shoulder, I knew you would do that. <sighs> Eventually, Freya, you finally made it to the ship itself. Uh, Cecily and Jessica, how you? What are you doing? I'm gonna go to the queen and try and use my siren powers, and I'm gonna be like, um, "It's it's okay. We're gonna we're we're gonna find your baby, okay?" And then I'm gonna touch her hand, and Jessica, you touch the queen's hand, and then do you have a specific role for that, Marcus, or for your siren powers, or is it's, it just um, when I say something I want from an NPC, I can give them a string and ask a question for free from the figure out a person move. Yeah, as. The queen takes your hand and stops bawling dramatically as she has. Just, just protect my baby. It's pretty. I guess that's pretty straightforward. I don't really need to ask anything. I guess I just want to know what. Uh, I want to know what she knows about the princess. But like, the only question I guess is like, what are your feelings towards the princess? I mean, yeah, just what exactly what <laughs> we piecemealed out. Now this is when you can reveal that she's working through trauma and she's using this peace treaty to suppl- supplement a daughter that she has tragically lost too young. And yeah, you can see that while you have kind of gotten the sense from the guards talking and what Cecily relayed to you that Eve has not had the best time around here, that Queen Bathion truly does love Eve as a daughter. Really? Okay. I'm gonna... I think... I'm still frightened, so I'm gonna run <laughs> away. Uh, only way to clear it is to run away and leave something important behind, so, um, sorry, Cecily. <laughs> I'm gonna run. <laughs> as after this happened, Jessica, you find, uh, just below the Queen's box, one of the guards has fired off a torpedo with a rope attached to it, so you can slide along that towards the ship. <laughs> if you want to have a cool pirate slide, I'll use too. my bow. And I'll put it in my hands so that I'm not... And then slide down it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, Cecily, you're left alone with the queen in the box. <laughs> and a bunch, bunch of unseen. Mm-hmm. I turn to the nearest unseen and whisper to them, Are there 
Perhaps any secret passageways that I can take by foot. I am not uh, an adventurous kind of kind of person. Uh, anything? <laughs> I start As looking around at all of them. Yeah, a few of the spirits begin disappearing because they were pointing you towards the ropes. Uh, eventually, there's like one spirit left, and it's like it's still gonna have to be a daring kind of maneuver from you because as you can quickly tell guards are approaching the queen's box at this moment blocking your way out so the only way through would be through the stands or through these ropes okay then i will do something crazy and (laughs) i will jump off of the balcony and grab onto a rope um with my coat and slide down as much as i can hopefully i do not fall I'll have you roll to defy disaster, and then I'll have you roll plus daring for me. You mean minus daring? <laughs> no. Come on. <laughs> I got a six. And that's after the minus, so... <laughs> pretty good. Pretty good. As you're sliding along the rope, you're very near the ship holding on as your coat begins, essentially burning through the fabric itself at the speed you're going as the coat almost splits into trying to save your favorite coat you just let go of it not thinking of whatever but as you begin to fall you're quickly grabbed by someone as you can see captain sal hanging over the bow of the ship grabbing you by the scruff of your your white linen I'm like fully like flandering over the side and like trying to claw my way up. <laughs> Sal easily lifts this yeah, tiny person. Sal's able to pull you over since you're so small. All right, maybe we'll figure out a better way to do that next time. It's not my area of expertise. I am very sorry. This is quite the emergency. Uh, what did you say? It sure is. As you uh, turn around to the rest of the crew on the boat, you. Look before you as you see Eve Cotdonner, the Princess of France, as she looks before all of you and addressing Captain Sal herself, looks to you and say, S'il vous plaît, will, will you do me the honor of kidnapping me? And that's where we'll end the oh! session for today. I'm, I'm still holding on to... <laughs> <laughs> so that's camera. Still holding on to camera. Yeah, that smack of an ex-girlfriend. Oh man. <laughs> Ooh. Fiery one. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Pirates of the All Sea, our playtest of Thirsty Sword Lesbians. Uh go to sleep, variables. Hope you have wet dreams. Cause pirates, not because it's sex stuff. Sex stuff. <laughs> it's sex stuff. <laughs> Small tear from my home upon plant Though the rest speak of deaths filled with struggle and strife Their smiles below say I don't owe them my life As the souls of the dead fill the space of mine Face to face with someone you sorry. thought Sorry, sorry <laughs> <laughs> With a cat <laughs> Sorry, you guys. <laughs> we see a really cute little kitty, and we scr- give it scratches. Do you know what you're fucking up for me right now? <laughs> <laughs>
Be gay. Roll dice. An LGBTQIA actual play podcast network.